for women that don't fall into the absolute contraindication category, that lifting, resistance, strength training is very, not only safe, but very beneficial. Exercise during pregnancy can be a sensitive subject. So today we have Emma Brockwell. Now, Emma is a women's health and pelvic specialist from the UK. She also has a wonderful podcast called At Your Cervix, where she helps women all around the world. We covered things like contraindications, uh, what to do with intensity, running, CrossFit, weightlifting. And we also looked at prehab for a pregnancy and the benefits it can have for the actual delivery and postpartum. A lot of gold in this episode. I really enjoyed it. I hope you do too. My name is Michael Risk and this is Physio Explained. Welcome, Emma. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We finally got to talk. We did. You've done a masterclass for us and we're going to dig a little deeper into that today. And I wanted to start with exercise during pregnancy. And is it safe? Can you give us the wrap on that? And what are your thoughts? Yeah. Is it safe? For the vast majority of women, it's very safe. And not only is it safe, it's incredibly beneficial. So as physios, we know of the huge benefits that exercise brings the general population. And it's very much something that I believe we should all be advocating. It's, in my opinion, and in a lot of other people's opinions, a public health priority. And just because someone's pregnant doesn't mean they fall out of that remit, if you like. The benefits for exercising during pregnancy aren't just for the mother. They're also for the growing baby as well. That's why it's just so important that as physios, we're trying to encourage our pregnant population to exercise as they feel comfortable and reap the physical and you know mental health benefits of that. But consider that baby's going to definitely benefit from it, not just as they grow, but also going into their future lives. We definitely see that pregnant mums who have had an active pregnancy definitely have more active children. And how cool is that? Yeah. And I just think that we have such a role to play in that, in encouraging women, empowering women, and taking some of the fear away from exercise during pregnancy, because there is still that fear that exercise may harm baby. And we need to really put women's minds at rest that for the majority of women, that is just not a problem and that is not going to happen. What are you seeing on ground? Do you think there's still fear from women mostly or do you see it on a clinician level? Like, is there still some advice coming through? Like, I thought I might rest during this period. Yeah, I mean, I think women are so much better informed now. There's so many amazing resources out there that suggest just what I've been saying, the benefits of exercise during pregnancy are massive. I think the issues come more when we consider the type of exercise. So women are still anxious as to whether high impact exercise is, is the right type of exercise to do during pregnancy. And of course, whether weightlifting is also a safe form of exercise. And again, for the majority of women, those type of sports like running or CrossFit with certain modifications are very safe to do and we need to be spreading that message and letting other clinicians who aren't necessarily physios know these messages as well it's about collaborating because 
we can't all be specialists in this area. So if you're working with GPs and midwives who aren't so up to date with the evidence, know that there is some good evidence and you can share that with them so that they can continue to pass the messages along with the more women that they see. Can you tell us more about the the guidelines and some of the evidence? And I I was going to dig a little bit deeper about the weightlifting, because that's something I still see on ground while chatting just off air that I think there is the weightlifting hesitancy still. So start with the guidelines. What, what are the guidelines telling us at the moment? Yeah, so we've got really two main guidelines that we ha- can base a lot of our messaging on, and they are the Canadian Pregnancy Guidelines from 2019, and they were written by et al. And then we've got the ACOG Guidelines, which were updated in 2020. And they, again, they both suggest or recommend the huge benefits of exercise during pregnancy and that running is safe to do for women that don't fall into the absolute contraindication category, that lifting, resistance, strength training is very, not only safe, but very beneficial. There is a question mark in the Canadian guidance over Olympic lifting. And I spoke to Margie Davenport about this to understand why they had said that this should be potentially very much questioned and if not less recommended, less so recommended. And the reason being is because we don't have any research around Olympic lifting and pregnancy. Their thoughts around Olympic lifting during pregnancy is that it could not be as beneficial to baby and certainly to the pelvic floor of the mother as lower resistance training. But the jury's out and the reality is there is some research coming out next year to point us more towards the direction of whether Olympic lifting will be absolutely safe. So I think if you have women who are Olympic lifting, you should recommend a few things that they reduce the weight, make sure that they're not holding their breath when they lift, that they're not experiencing any pelvic floor dysfunction. So that might be heaviness in the vagina, any urinary leakage, low back or any pelvic pain. And that potentially as their bump gets bigger, they look to move from the bars to more kettlebells or free weights, just so that we don't bump, uh, bump, bump, Bump bump, or um, obviously bump the bump or knock anyone off their center of gravity because you are a little more at risk of falling when you're pregnant. So it's just providing women with all of the information and then working with them because women are so, so in tune with their body during pregnancy. And if they are someone that's cross, always carried out CrossFit, they're going to know where, what their limitations are as, as they move through their pregnancy. Because quite often, having been pregnant myself, you know when something doesn't feel right. So you will tend to pull back from that. But I think if women are wanting to lift heavy, they do need to work with professionals who really understand the needs of baby and the needs of mum and perhaps modify and adapt as necessary. It's an amazingly positive and empowering message to keep going with what you've been doing. And I know that's one of your goals. So it's really nice to hear. Practically, what do you do on ground if someone is is coming to you and they're lifting pretty, pretty big weights? And I'm assuming it's not the movement, but the pressures as well, particularly on the pelvic floor. So do you let them guide you or in the guidelines, is there a suggestion like an 80% or a 70% type of thing? Yeah, it's about 70 to 80% that they suggest. And fundamentally, I don't think it's a case of working in isolation with these ladies at all. You've got to make sure that you've got midwife on board, that you've got doctors on board. 
And with a lot of these athletes, they'll have access to regular scanning. It's good to get a good idea if in particular baby is presenting as very small. It might be that potentially lifting heavy with a small baby isn't ideal because we don't know what effect it has on baby as you lift really heavy. And I'm talking going more into the third trimester here. You can only make those decisions as a team. And so it would very much be a collaborative approach. And I don't think it's something I would feel comfortable doing on my own and advising on my own without the support of others. And also with the woman as well that's pregnant, you've got to make sure that they're comfortable and that every person's opinion is is taken into into account and benefits for both are considered. I was just thinking um, the two big ones, right, is lifting and running. Same rules for running or do you notice anything different with running? In terms of pulling back on the running, do you mean, as, as, yeah. as, as you go into the pregnancy? No, running's a bit different, actually. So with your runners, very much encourage it, particularly if they have been running before pregnancy. They can take it up if they want to as a new sport during pregnancy as well. But they need to listen to their bodies. So if they're experiencing any signs of pelvic floor dysfunction, it might be recommended that you suggest that they pull back and move to more of their lower impact exercise because you don't want the exercise creating or causing more pelvic floor dysfunction. When it comes to running, Are we wanting women to continue sprinting? Not necessarily. We want them to keep, on average, considering moderate intensity exercise. So when they're running, they can carry out a conversation still. However, I do have elite runners that I see. And I had one particular lady who you would have seen in the um, masterclass, Sophie Power. She's an ultra runner and she ran at more of a vigorous intensity. So her heart rate was taken up to about set between 70 to 80%. And so she couldn't carry on a conversation, but she was monitoring her heart rate using the heart rate monitor. And that is very much where we would recommend that she stops around about that 80% because we don't know the effects it has on baby beyond that that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to have an effect on baby but we just don't know yet so we need to we need to be sensible with our guidance but she was running throughout pregnancy particularly in this third pregnancy without any real issues we had to adapt certain things to accommodate her symptoms but we have to think about women's mental health as well as their physical health and for her that need to run was massive so so long as it the, the benefits outweigh the risks she was fine to continue and she is running better than ever now postnatally and that's something that we saw actually in a study that we carried out with Izzy Moore, Gronia Donnelly and I carried out a study with Izzy that was published in the BGSM this year actually and we found that women who ran during their pregnancy are more likely to run after their pregnancy so that's another key reason for trying to keep and encourage women to run if they love doing it. I'm so glad you got that in. That part really excites me. So are there any red flags or contraindications or anything that pops up for you that says we really need to slow down here? Yes. So if women are experiencing severe chest pain, regular and painful uterine contractions, obviously experiencing any vaginal bleeding or a persistent loss of fluid from the vagina, or if they're getting very, very breathless, even on rest, and they're not recovering from that, then they are signs 
that suggest women need to pull back on what they're doing, but they also need to flag that immediately to their medical team. And we're not telling women this to scare them. We're telling this because they need to know when is right to pull back. And of course, the less severe symptoms like pelvic floor dysfunction, we need to be flagging to women and saying, look, if every time you run, you're leaking urine, there is no benefit to it. So if we can pull back a little bit, or in Sophie's case, where she was still leaking, what we actually did, we adapted and we said, let's take out your road running. Let's take out your downhill running. And she was leak free. But again, those benefits out- outweighed her risks and her need to run was so important that, that we worked out that that was actually an important thing to continue for her. So make women aware of those warning signs, but still encourage them as well to continue as best as they can. I really like that you're almost bringing up the the risk ratio and the benefit to that person because it opens up a really important conversation for them that not to make assumptions that if someone's leaking then that's it and that's a really wonderful example the the mental health gain from running might be more important in that circumstance so yeah that's that's a good one to bring up with a few minutes to go Emma I just wanted to get into the the preparation for birth because you you mentioned some really interesting things about prehab for birth could you tell us more about that and what it looks like yeah so we definitely anecdotally i see that postnatal recovery seems so much better when women are active and strong during their pregnancies definitely we see that women and women are encouraged to do pelvic floor exercises that that can help during um speed up and active vaginal delivery mums need to be strong you know, when they have baby, they're delivering quite a large weight. They're going to be surrounded by lots of equipment like car seats. And those, all of those needs and must as a new mum, we can't take those away. So we have to try and empower women to be as strong as they can, not only to prepare for what is considered a marathon childbirth, but for that onwards recovery as well and, and needs of a mother. So I think the fitter, more active you are during your pregnancy, consider it as a prehab, if you like, the better your postnatal recovery is often, hopefully, the better your deliveries are. And that that's just a win-win really, isn't it? Life is just that much easier. Yeah. And in hope, we see women experience less musculoskeletal conditions postnatally and certainly a reduction in pelvic floor symptoms as well. I just had a thought that what about a a woman who's coming to you and maybe not be that active? Do you recommend that uptake of some prehab? And is it, you know, is it a lot of floor exercise, Pilates stuff, or again, whatever makes them comfortable? Maybe that's the first time they decide to run. How often do you see something like that? It's really important that we're getting them exercising and encouraging them to exercise. And no, I don't think we need to be suggesting just go for a walk or just do some Pilates. If they want to start running and if it motivates them to exercise during pregnancy, then then we need to work with them. The research really does point towards inactivity, women with uh, obesity, exercising, and they can exercise gradually building up their impact or building up their tolerance to exercise, perhaps a bit slower than other women that have been exercising, but there's no reason that they shouldn't be doing the exercise that they want to do. That's the key. They have to want to do it because that means that they'll continue to do it. That's such a wonderful wrap of this topic, Emma. And in your masterclass, we go a fair bit deeper. We're going to link the masterclass in the show notes. 
and you can actually try that for free. So the listeners who want to know a little bit more can link into that with your show notes. Thank you so much for your time today. That was a really beautiful summary. Thank you for having me.